Hey everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world. We're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, I want to ask you to share this with a friend. You never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life. And if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going, Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. This is where I switch to my jazzy voice. Good morning, Heartway. (laughs) Allow yourselves to relax and no, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, um, for those of you guys who know me, who like might be part of the 50 people that follow me on social media, um, <laughs> I actually ended up getting my first tattoo this weekend. Is that sure worthy? Okay, cool. <laughs> you know? But what I got was my favorite scripture, which is Romans 12:2. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And what that, what that scripture really means to me personally, is because you guys, I'm psychologist, whatever, but I jokingly refer to that as like the first declaration of psychology. (laughs) Because when I translate that in today's verbiage, it's basically saying, Don't conform to how this world conditions you, but become anew by being renewed internally. And so if we're always out here, always engaging with the stimuli and the sounds and the people and the phone notifications and the email pings of the world, and we're always conforming to that, How can we become renewed? How can we become new? Because if we want to experience a new life, we got to become a new thing. Because you can't take, you can't go into your new life as the old you. You have to renew your personality. And you do that by no longer attaching to yourself. Experiencing some time where you're not being you, where you're not having your normal thoughts, you're not doing your normal things, you're not repeating your normal narratives. And I'm simply saying that the way we go about doing that is by entering into the silence. Not silence in the sense of there not being any noise, but silence in the sense of that. That space where we just get everything out of the way and we just let God be genius. Because in the words of Albert Einstein, science, facts, all of this, It's just God giving us cookie crumbs to how he thinks. God is genius. So let the genius potter mold you in this silence. Let it be intimate. This isn't about me. Forget that I'm up here. Forget your neighbors. This is intimate. This is personal. This is you and God. Or maybe I should say it's just God. And so in this moment, I invite you to get comfortable and not only relax, but release all intention. Because where there is no intention, there is no tension. Allow yourself to bring your focus to the breath. 
notice that your breath is happening naturally. It's taking no effort. Your heart is beating. It's taking no effort. Receive the message they're telling you in this moment to release effort. Give yourself the right to just be right now. Simply in. to being an adult. You're so used to carrying responsibilities. Finally, you don't have to do any of that. Let yourself be free in this moment like a baby to do Sensations come, just observe them. As you continue to hear my voice, taking you deeper into a state of relaxation. Your muscles are relaxing. Your shoulders are slowly and gently slumping down. feeling relaxed now. But just loosen up a little bit more. Sink just a little bit deeper. Now a little bit deeper. time you hear me say now, as if you're standing at the tip of a waterfall, look out into the cascading water. That water represents an ocean of God's peace. It's telling you, come here. Dive in. 
And the next time I say the word now, I want you to jump. And when you jump, feel yourself splashing into that water of peace and feeling it take you 10 times deeper into the ocean of relaxation and oneness. Take that beautiful leap now. across my skin so does love and righteousness course through my veins this peace is not something I've found it is my birthright beginning to float towards the surface of the water. Your face emerges. How refreshing. <laughs> How refreshing to take a dip to God's ocean of peace. now know that any time you want to re-experience this place, any time you want to go back here, all you have to do is close your eyes and return. When you hear my fingers snap, you will gain the ability to return here whenever you please. 
now that you've been equipped. In your own time, slowly bring your awareness back into your body. You can slowly open your eyes. We love you and we thank you, Heartway. Amen. Wow, wow, wow. What's up, Heartway family? Good morning. So happy to see you, all of your beautiful faces. Week in and week out, we get to enjoy one another's company, come and get some refreshment for our soul. And so we're going to pick up right where we left off last week. I feel like every week at Heartway, we just keep elevating, 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 elevating. And today, I want to begin by taking a look at two passages of Scripture. You'll see them up here on the screen. The first one is from 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 11. It says, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. And then in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7, Jesus kind of reiterates this same theme. It's something that we see consistently throughout his message. He says, seek and you will find, knock, and the door will be opened to you. People who are interested in spirituality are seekers. Well, what does it mean to be a seeker? A seeker is somebody who looks for something. When you're seeking for something, you're going after something. You're chasing something. And you and I as human beings, when we set our minds on getting something, we go for it with everything that we've got. And if we want something bad enough, we'll be willing to give up anything, sacrifice whatever it is that we have to in order to get whatever it is that we are looking for. And the more value that we give to that which we are seeking, the more effort and the more energy we put into our pursuit of it. Now, there are a whole lot of things that we can pursue in life. The whole world is available to us. Whole lot of things that we can pursue in life. But when somebody commits themselves from the depths of their heart to the pursuit of God, over time, that pursuit is a pursuit that puts an end to every other pursuit because nothing else that you pursue could ever compare in value. Whatever your greatest desire is, all of your desires, even the best ones, the good ones, the most pleasurable, the most pleasurable ones, they pale in comparison to the desire for God. Because when we give ourselves completely and totally to God, God gives himself completely and totally to us. And so it's like the scriptures say, draw near to God and God will draw near to you. And when you find God, the absolute, ultimate reality, you find everything. When you find God, you find freedom, you find liberation, you find healing, you find joy, you find peace, you find who you truly are. And when you discover who you truly are and you live that out without any shame, you allow your light to shine for all the world to see without any sense of guilt, without any sort of self-doubt. That's what it means to live a good and holy and holistic and pleasurable life an enjoyable existence. There's a Sufi mystic by the name of Rumi who said, I searched for God and I found only myself. I searched for myself and I found only God. It's the same search. You know, I was watching a show on Netflix the other day and this guy, he packed up all his bags, he left out of town, went on a road trip, moved to another state and started over and he was at a bar talking to a girl and he's like, I'm just trying to find myself. I'm just trying to find myself. Anybody ever been there where you just, I just want to find myself? To find yourself is to find God. To find God is to find yourself. 
To discover yourself is to discover God. To discover God is to discover yourself. God is your source. God is your true nature. God is your beginning. God is your end. And when you give yourself to this pursuit of God, what happens to people who who give themselves fully in this way is that they lose themselves in the pursuit of God. They lose themselves completely and totally in their pursuit of God. And so in the scriptures, oftentimes the scripture writers will use the metaphor of marriage to describe the soul's relationship to God. And in marriage, the scriptures say that two become one. Two become one. In other words, when it comes to seeking God, the seeker becomes that which is sought. To seek God's presence is to become God's presence. The two become one. There's a merging. There's a union that happens. So the scriptures say Christ is the groom and you and I as the community and God's people, we are the bride. And I love that it's feminine imagery that's given to describe our relationship to the divine because there's something about feminine energy. Feminine energy is surrendered. It's receptive. It's intuitive. It's passive. Well, when you develop that as an interior disposition, when you become that surrendered, receptive, passive, completely and totally open, God fills you. God penetrates you. Every aspect of your being, so much so that now it's not so much you looking at God, but you looking out through God's eyes. You look out at the world through God's eyes. In the New Testament, Peter talks about it as participating in the divine nature. We participate in the divine nature. We become by grace what God is by nature. We become God, one with God. We become divine. See, God, for a lot of us, begins as an image, a concept. God is an object outside of us that we relate to and we talk to and we study and we analyze and we think about. And it's good to have theories and belief systems and theologies about God. But to only live in the world of ideas, to only reflect about God, is to stay at a very elementary stage of the spiritual journey. And to remain in the world of ideas is not going to help you when the going gets tough. Because when the stuff hits the fan and you start experiencing some difficulties in your life and all you have are ideas about God in your head, let me tell you something. All those ideas are going to begin to crumble. When you're suffering and life is not going according to the way that you thought it should because this is what you think about God, you're going to just have all these why questions. Why is God doing this to me? Why is God punishing me? Maybe I'm doing something wrong. Lovers of God are not satisfied with theories and philosophies and ideas about God. There's a place for all of those things. But again, when you really want something, when you really are seeking after something, you're not content until you possess it. Or in this case, until you become possessed by it. In other words... It's not enough for you to know about God. You want to know God. It's not enough for you anymore to conceptualize God. You want to commune with God. It's it's intimate. It's it's experiential, deeply personal in a in a kind of way. And so you're you're there's a shift that happens. You, You shift from. Merely learning about God to being with God. Being with God becomes more important to you than learning more things about God. And by all means, learn more things about God. But at some point, you've got to be willing to even let go of that too. You've got to be willing to let go of everything you think you know about God in order to come to know God. 
Because your information about God can actually get in the way of you finding what you're looking for. Because what you're looking for, God, the absolute, the ultimate reality, is beyond mind. Beyond thought. Beyond our senses. Beyond feeling. Beyond emotion. So the only way to truly know God is through surrender. Through love. Through humility. Through prayer. Through meditation. Through stillness, you understand it's an experiential thing. It's an experiential thing. The danger of intellectual knowledge is that in thinking you have God figured out, you totally miss God. In thinking that you have life figured out, you totally miss out on life. You're so caught up in planning and dreaming for your future that you miss out on the fullness of the present moment. You're so certain about your thinking that you never see outside of your box. And God is always outside of every box that you try and put God in. So we can't be afraid to throw away our knowledge. Don't be afraid to dive into unknowingness. God will give you a new understanding that far surpasses what you think you know. Whatever you think God is, God isn't. Because if you can comprehend it, it's not God. That's St. Augustine, not even Danny Prada. <laughs> All right, in case some of you are like, this guy, what is he saying? Half the things I say, I didn't even, isn't, this is ancient wisdom. Ancient wisdom. You know, if it's true, it's probably not new. Ancient wisdom. Humans have been talking about this stuff for a really long time. You know, my journey led me to this place where I came to the end of my logic by force. I'm an intellectual person, right? So studying about God and reading and all of that has taken my attention for the last 12 years of my life. And when I started to question a lot of my inherited belief system, and I started to broaden my reading and my study outside of even Christianity. And you start studying a little bit of psychology. And you start studying philosophy. And you start studying science. Your mind broadens. And it's really hard to fit new insight and new information and new experiences into old belief systems. You know, Jesus said, for new wine, you need new wineskins. Right? New wine cannot be put in old wineskins. It can't contain it. It'll burst. So I remember oftentimes getting very confused because the scientists would say one thing. The philosophers would say another thing. The psychologists would say another thing. The theologians would say another thing. And then on top of that, within their own camps, they would all disagree with each other too. All the theologians disagree with each other. All the scientists disagree with each other. All the psychologists disagree with each other. And all of these people are much smarter than me. So I'm here reading all these books, trying to figure out my theory of everything, and it's not working out. I was forced to the end of my logic until finally I came to the place where I could genuinely say the only thing that I know is that I do not know. And it was the scariest leap in the world for me to go there but it's the best thing to have ever happened to my life and my spirituality because this unknowingness has now infiltrated every aspect of my life not only when it comes to abstract intellectual matters I'm talking about everyday stuff when something quote-unquote bad happens when trouble comes my way I don't know what this means I don't know what part this will play in God's greater plan and purpose for my life. So I'm just staying open. I'm not rushing to judgment. I'm not going to act like I know what this is now going to mean for the rest of my life and put myself in a state of misery and suffering because I'm attaching meaning to what I really don't know something is. So something happens to me. Well, I don't know. I don't know where this is going to go. I'm open. I'm open. I'm open. Stay empty. God pours himself into the vessel that is empty, which is why John the Baptist said he must increase and I must decrease. Everything in life tend to revolve around I. I need, I want, I desire, I hope, 
I expect. Genuine spirituality is about letting go of this I that dominates our psyche and gives us this impression that we are a separate self in control of our own lives. Genuine spirituality, the pursuit of God, is about losing yourself in that which you are pursuing. Letting go of your false sense of self, your idea of who you think you are. Most people don't want to be important. They just want to be seen as important. We care so much about how other people see us. It's all, it's all image. It's all a facade. The whole thing. That's where most human beings live. It's on that level of image and facade. If I can just give this image. You got dudes who are just, let me just make money. Let me be a big baller. And the whole world is mine. And you got females that are like, I'm fine. And I can get me one of those. Well, you know what happens when you get you one of those? You think he care about you? There's a whole bunch of other women that he could easily just, oh, let me swipe that for you. Oh, can I come over tonight? Yeah, come on over. It's fake. It's not real. It's not genuine. But we live in that because we care so much about our security. Leave that to God. Leave that to God. It's better in God's hands than in your hands. Your safety and survival on this planet is better in God's hands than in your hands. I promise you that. So this is a journey of finding yourself by losing yourself completely. Moving yourself and your will out of the way. This is why... Jesus said the road is narrow that leads to life and very few people find it. A lot of people say, yes, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I'm going to heaven when I die. Thousands of people have prayed that prayer for their salvation. Jesus said, take up your cross, follow me. If you want to find yourself, lose yourself. Very few people are willing to do that because what is being asked of you is to let go of everything you hold on to. Everything is temporary in this world. There is no security in external things. You may feel secure when you latch onto or possess a relationship or uh, money or career or whatever it is that you're holding onto, but as soon as it's given to you, it can also be taken away. There is no security in any of this stuff. None at all. And so to detach yourself from the world and live in total dependence on God, I mean, I mean that at first for many of us it seems unrealistic. Secondly, for a lot of us it's just plain scary. What? Detached from the world? You're asking me to give up everything? That's the thing. From the ego's perspective, it seems as if you're giving up everything. But when you give up the world, you're giving up nothing. You're giving up everything that you've given value to that is really empty and has no substance to it. Look at what Jesus said to his disciples when he would talk to them about this letting go. I love this. He says, everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or property for my sake will receive a hundred times as much in return. What you are giving up when you give up the world is nothing in comparison to what you are getting in return. You're getting God. You're getting God. The fullness of this life-giving, generative presence within you that is your safety your your refuge your peace it's that safe place in here in the center of your heart in the center of your soul if you can just get quiet enough to go there you will find this and and don't even cling to the words that i'm telling you i say that often because it's important it's easy to take these words and try and analyze them and figure it out. No, this is just my way of expressing what is inexpressible, which is my soul's journey with God. 
So you have to find what this looks like for you. I'm just pointing the way. And what it looks like in my life is letting go. Letting go. Completely and totally. I love this quote by Meister Eckhart. He's a German Christian mystic. This dude is my favorite. He says, give your all to God and then worry no more about what he may do with what is his. You can make this your life now. You can make this decision now. Give your all to God and then worry no more with what he may do with what is his. This is what I call holy indifference. Holy indifference. Holy indifference means a total and complete openness to the will of God in your life, whatever that may look like. A commitment to constantly conform your will to God's will because God's will is where your peace is. And God's will is what is. That's how I have simplified my spirituality. Look at this passage of scripture from the book of Job. Agree with God and be at peace. Thereby good will come to you. Substitute the word God for reality and let that sit in you for a little while. Agree with reality and be at peace. Thereby good will come to you. When you are not at peace, it's because you're not in agreement with reality. I don't want this to be happening. I don't want them to be doing this. I desire this instead of that. Agree with God. Agree with reality. And be at peace. What other option is there? I had something happen to me recently, and a friend came over, and they said, well, it seems like you're, you're doing pretty fine. I said, well, what, what choice do I have? I don't have, a, I don't have a choice. I don't have a choice. Um, I just agree with God. <laughs> be at peace. What does this mean? I may be going in a certain direction in life, but if God wants to take me this way, I'm okay with that too. I'm not attached to my preferences anymore. So whether it's sorrow or joy, good times or bad times, riches or poverty, sickness or health, I will put my trust in God and I will remain steadfast in my faith unshakable in the truth of who I am and who God is. Holy indifference. To embody this holy indifference is to be able to pray the prayer that Job prayed when he said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I will still bless his name. A couple weeks ago, I decided to uh, put some money in certain investments. So I downloaded an application on my phone. You, you know you could do all this on your phone. I put money into this app um, to invest. Instead of sitting in the bank account, well, put it in, and it's going to generate some income. Well, what I was investing in was giving a lot of profit, a lot of returns in a short time. And so in my mind, I'm like, well, let me put a little more in. <laughs> let me put a little more in. I put a lot in for me, you know, for us, for our life situation. For a lot of people, it's nothing. But for me and Emily, you know, there was a lot. And so, you know, I'm learning about investing and how this works. I'm like, okay, this is, this is good. Things are, things are moving. And, you know, three weeks into this thing, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of profit. All right, so I go to bed on Thursday this week. <laughs> Everything's good. Everything's fine. I wake up Friday morning. I look at my phone. I see a text message that says, your password has been changed. So I look at that. I say, okay. Then I look at another text message. Your two-factor authentication has been changed. Because, you know, in order to get in, not only do you have to have the login and the password, but they're going to text my phone with a number that's a verification code that you then put in. Your verification has been changed. 
So I call the company of the app that I'm using. There's no human to talk to. No human to talk to. All I could do through that phone call was disable the account. So I disabled the account, and I'm hoping, oh man, hopefully nothing's gone. Then I go to reset my password because I'm trying to get back in to see what damage was done, if any. I'm not getting any emails from this app about changing my password or resetting my password. What the heck's going on? Two hours later, I decide to look into my trash bin of my email, and the hacker directed all of the emails from the app to the trash so I wouldn't see it. I look at the bottom of my trash bin, all of the money that we put into this app was transferred to another wallet. All of it. It's a lot. Gone. Gone with the wind. And I was looking online at other people who maybe had that similar experience and it didn't look like they ever got their money back, so I was just saying goodbye. And my friend <laughs> called me later that day, and um, I'm like, you know what? You want to play some Call of Duty? I called my friend, play some Call of Duty on, <laughs> on my PS4. Like, Let me just play some Call of Duty. I finished preparing a little bit of this message. You want to play some Call of Duty? Yeah, man. And I just told him, I'm like, you know what, bro? I haven't been able to stop singing this song all day. It was... The Frozen song. <laughs> let it go. Let it go. I was just singing that over and over. Let it go. Let it go. Now, the next day, all right, the next day, so this is Saturday. This is all very recent. Thursday night, or oh, Friday morning I got the text. Saturday, this happened when I wanted to tell you. A friend of mine that I had gone to for advice about investing, this is somebody who's my age, who's doing well financially, and so I wanted to get advice from this guy. And so I had asked him about advice pertaining to these things prior to all of this happening. So I reached out to him. I said, bro, you won't believe what happened? All the money that I put in and I went all in is gone. Can you believe that? Crazy, right? Yeah, yeah, whatever. He's like, man, let me see what I can do. He's like, bro, this is a freak accident. He's like, I got a bunch of friends who have done this and nothing has happened to their account. I've had money in this account for years and nothing's happened. He said, this is crazy. Told him that on Friday. Saturday morning, he says, hey, man, I want you to open up another account. I'm going to send you most of what you lost. I'm going to send that back to you, most of what you lost. And he did. Wow. Now, okay. For most of us, and, hey, I'm not going to lie. That's a blessing. It's a wonderful miracle. Awesome, man, good. Yes. <laughs> I'm happy about it. Trust me, I'm happy about it. But you want to know what the real miracle to me is? The real miracle to me is that the peace I had on Thursday before the money was lost, I still had on Friday when all of it was gone. That's the real miracle. Which is why Jesus said, store your treasures in heaven where thieves cannot rob you. Because you can take everything from my bank account. But you cannot take the treasure of God's presence in my heart that sustains me every moment of my existence. It is a peace that surpasses understanding. That's the real miracle. I can't take credit for it. This is not of my doing. It is from the grace of God. Completely through the grace of God. The only thing I hold on to is that there's nothing to hold on to. And it's funny because Ryan, when we went to the gym that day, was telling me a story about Tony Robbins. I may butcher this story, but he was telling me a story about, you know, Tony Robbins. When his company, you know, ended up making like billions of dollars, he was sitting there at the table when he got the news of how uh, financially successful his business had become. And he was saying to himself, this is it? Man, this is it. There's, there's something missing. It's empty. I thought this was going to be something that it wasn't. 
And I told Ryan, I'm like, you know what's funny? I had that experience today, because this was on Friday in the morning when we went to work out. And I said, you know what you just said? I'm having that experience in reverse. It's like, oh, all my savings are gone? This is it? This is it? This is what we're scared of? The birds are still chirping outside. The sun is still shining. My biceps are still getting a good pump in this gym. My wife still loves me. My puppy's still licking my face. It's all good in this hood. You understand? It's all, when you learn how to take pleasure in the little things of life, when you find God in the little things of life, that becomes the big deal for you. Let it go. Let it go. That's it. There's this uh, story about an old man who was walking by a river, and he fell in. And this river was leading to a waterfall, and the waters in the river were rough. And there were onlookers who saw this old man fall into the river, and they were scared for his life. They're like, dude, this guy's going to die. He falls down the waterfall. They go to see him, and he's alive. He's floating on the water. Everything's good. And so they rush over to the man, and they said, how did you survive this? What? We just saw what happened to you. How did you survive this? And the old man smiled at them and said, I accommodated myself to the water without even thinking about anything. I allowed myself to be shaped by it. So when the water twisted me around, I turned with it. When the strong current plunged me into the water, I gave it no resistance. That's how I survived. That's how you will survive through all of the craziness of this life. And not only survive, thrive. What's the lesson? Instead of making life adapt to you, you adapt to life. Instead of fighting with the way things are, adjust yourself to the way things are. Instead of resisting life, accommodate yourself to it. Instead of needing life to go according to your will, let life go according to the will of God. When you seek for God with all of your heart, you will find God everywhere and in everything. God is in every circumstance, in every up, in every down, in every trial, in every tribulation, in every hard time, in every good time, in every person that you meet, in every breath that you breathe, in every heartbeat. There is nowhere you can go where God is not. Because wherever you go, there God is. Wherever you go, you bring God with you. So even when I'm in the valley, like David says, I will fear no evil. You are with me. You are in me. You are living as me. And my life is not mine. Look at what it says in this passage of scripture. Hosea. God speaking to the people of Israel, I will lead my beloved into the wilderness and will speak to her in her heart. So I don't know what your wilderness is this morning. You may be in, lost in a wilderness right now. And there's fire coming too. You don't even know where to turn. Lost in the wilderness. God will speak to you right there. Right there in the wilderness. In fact, sometimes it's the spirit that actually leads us into the wilderness to whisper to us there. Because now we're not distracted by so many things. <laughs> There's nowhere you need to go to hear God except within yourself. So when I say seek God, seek the presence of God in the depths of your heart. Because when you find God on the inside, it doesn't matter what's going on on the outside. You will not be disturbed. You will not be affected by what's happening around you or outside of you because you've got everything you need in here. That's it. So to end, I want to read this passage from a book called The Pursuit of God written by A.W. Tozer. Let us say it again. The universal presence is a fact. God is here. The whole universe is alive with his life. And always he is trying to get our attention, to reveal himself to us, to communicate with us. We have within us the ability to know him if we will but respond to his overtures. And this we call pursuing God. 
We will know him in increasing degree as our receptivity becomes more perfect by faith and love and practice. To have found God and still to pursue him is the soul's paradox of love. Let's pray. God, we give ourselves completely and totally to you in this moment. We release our false sense of self, this image and idea of who we think we are, and we open ourselves to your spirit. Help us discover who we are in you. May you help us to develop a holy indifference so that whatever may come our way, we can remain stable, unmoved in our faith in you. You are with us, God, in every season, in every difficulty, in every up and every down. And so instead of trying to rationalize and analyze everything that's happening in our life and project into the future all of the fear that we have about what's going to happen because this is happening, may we cast all of our cares onto you because you care for us. And in this simplicity and childlikeness, may we find this treasure of your presence within our heart. Elevate us into God consciousness. Give us divine vision for life. Amen. Amen. All right, family. Love you. I hope this hit home for you. We will see you next Sunday, 10 a.m. Love you.